Good afternoon, everyone. I hope your day's going well. It's November 10th. We actually have class tonight, uh, but we're going to cover right now is what we discussed last week. And last week we took a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, the entire chapter. Uh, don't let it intimidate you. It's only 13 verses. Going to give you an opportunity now to read through that, press pause, and then get back with us and we'll discuss it a little bit and get ourselves prepared for tonight's class. So I'll give you a second here to, to press pause and and read 1 Corinthians chapter 5. If you've had an opportunity to do so and read through this chapter, you have seen that this is a heavy, heavy subject. Uh, The subject is church discipline, and that is never a fun topic when it comes to discussion or uh, the, the practical use of that in our lives and carrying out Paul's advice here of church discipline. Now, the situation that is being uh, that has been brought to Paul's attention is taking place whereas it very much appears that there is a man within the church who is in a sexual relationship with his stepmom. Now we don't know about his dad if he is still alive or if he's dead. Regardless, the situation is not a good one at all. Um, this is not only forbidden by the Jewish law. But this is also something that is not accepted culturally um, among the people of Corinth or the Roman Greco people either. Um, this is this this activity would be condemned by multiple um, Greek and Roman writers. So, uh, and and Paul's issue with this is not only what is taking place within the church, but also the fact of what it looks like. Many people were already were all too ready to believe the worst about Christian and about their morality. So he was very upset with what was taking place there. And he says, you have become arrogant about this. There's that word again in the Greek meaning puffed up. Um, this is something he levels at the church in Corinth a number of times. When I say the church in Corinth, understand we're not talking about the whole church. We're talking about members within the church. Also, um, what we see is he said, instead of being arrogant, you should have mourned. And before we dive into this subject of, of church discipline, we need to understand the vital role of mourning in any church discipline. Without the humble mourning of people within the church, they will never approach church discipline in the proper way. Um, there has to be sorrow um, for the person who is in sin and a genuine concern about them. So now we are going to jump here in the middle of this. And Paul says, look, the discipline that you are going to meter out now that you need to, to, to take place, needs to take place within the church. It is like I am there with you in spirit, um, carrying out this discipline. He says, I've already decided to deliver this man over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his soul might be saved. Now I'm paraphrasing just a little bit. But this destruction is a strong word in the Greek, and there is some debate about exactly what Paul was getting at here. Was he getting at an actual physical destruction of this man? Um, that is the strong uh, interpretation of this. The, the more, I guess you would say, conservative interpretation of this is by, uh, I guess, Gordon Fee would be the one most notable who, who Bible scholar who says this. Is He says, putting this man back into the domain of Satan. In other words, removing him from the church and putting back into the world, which is under um, the influence very much so of Satan, is what it's talking about, this destruction. Um, it is a strong word, very, very, very certain 
okay? Um, and when it comes to this, this is meaning church discipline, to remove somebody from the church. And the purpose of church discipline, there's always two purposes of church discipline. The first one is repentance, and that's what's being got, got at here by Paul in, in his soul being saved. In other words, that he would feel sorrow and that he would repent, meaning repentance is more than just sorrow. Repentance is what is led to by godly sorrow. And uh, and then change takes place. And that's the hope in any church discipline situation. That's purpose number one. Purpose number two, though, is there is a corrupting effect of tolerated sin within the church. In other words, um, it is very, very much contagious um, in most situations. And in the next few verses, he kind of explains that. He paints a picture um, with very much Jewish language about unleavened bread and about leavened bread and about yeast and how a little bit of yeast can can leaven an entire um, batch of dough. And if it's bad leaven, then the dough is going to be bad. The point he's making through this is this is Passover language. I'm not going to get into the tech. We got a little more technical in class, and I'm not going to get into that. But there is Passover language being used here. And the centerpiece of the Passover is the sacrifice of the Passover lamb. Of course, we know as Christians, as believers, that our Passover lamb was sacrificed once for all time, and that our Passover lamb was Jesus Christ. And the point that Paul is making here is this. The Passover lamb has already been sacrificed. Therefore, you must clean out the old leaven and replace it with new. The whole point of this is, following the feast of the Passover, you have the feast of unleavened bread. And prior to all of that taking place, a Jewish person, Jewish family, would remove the old leaven from their home. Okay, And then they would use new leaven. So the point he's making is, the lamb's already been sacrificed. That is in the past. Therefore, clean out the old leaven. The point he's making is, remove this man from your midst. Now, Paul goes on to say he in, in verses 9 and 10, well, this is where one of the places we see that Paul has already written the church in Corinth, a letter before this letter, one that we do not have recorded, we do not have it today. And in that letter, he had told them not to associate with people, certain people, I'll read it for you. Um, he says this in verse 9, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with the moral people. I did not mean at all with the immoral people of this world, or with the covetous, or the swindlers, or the idolaters, for then you would have to go out of the world. The point he's making here, Corinth, the place where they lived, was a place full of fornication. I mean, after all, the, that was a center place location for the worship of Aphrodite, the Greek goddess Aphrodite, and they worshipped her by having sex with male and female temple prostitutes. It was an ugly situation. But Paul didn't want them to leave Corinth. If they were not to associate with people, immoral people of this world, they'd have to pack their belongings and just take off. And he didn't want them to do that. He wanted them to have an impact in that world. He says, I did not at all mean when I said, do not associate with immoral people, the immoral people of the world. What I meant was, in verse 11, but actually I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he is an immoral person or covetous or an idolater or a viler or a drunkard or a swindler. Do not even eat with such a one. By the way, table fellowship was incredibly important to this culture. It was sacred. So to say do not eat with such a one would be taken very, very seriously. It was a serious thing to be done here. Um, and Paul, remember all of this is predicated 
dictated by mourning. This is done for the good of the individual who is in rebellion or in unrepentant sin. And this is what needs to take place, church discipline, in order to hopefully, prayerfully bring them back into the fold after repentance has taken place. Um, Paul makes it very clear as he wraps up this chapter um, in verses 12 and 13 that the judgment that Christians do takes place within the church. It is God's job to judge the world. It is the job of Christians to bring judgment within the church so that we can be brought to a place of confrontation when we are in rebellion or in a sinful place without repentance. And um, when it comes to judgment within the church, this is going to lead very much into the next subject we'll be looking at in the first 11 verses of chapter 6. There were apparently people within the church who could not settle disputes on their own, and they were going to the, the law courts the, of, of um, society or the law courts of their um, political world, the Roman Greco world, the law courts of Corinth. And he said, why in the world... Can you not figure this out on your own or with the help of your brothers and sisters? Why are you making Christians look bad by going and going to the law courts and fighting one another in court? And he was not happy about this. And that's what we'll cover tonight on... Wednesday, November 10th, um, we all have class at 7 o'clock that's preceded by supper at 6. We hope you can make it and, and join us, and thank you so very much for listening today. Hope you have a good afternoon.